Good afternoon, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to a Thanksgiving week Impact Wrestling Press Pass podcast. Ross Foreman here, and it's the first welcome. Open this phone, Josh Matthews. Josh, how's it going today? You celebrate Thanksgiving? I do. What are you What are you doing for Thanksgiving? If you celebrate, I'm going to work. It's a Thursday, Ross. Alrighty, well, happy Thursday to you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm excited for for. For Thanksgiving, uh, I'm excited for uh, the Eli Drake Gravy Train Turkey Trot, second annual Roth. Uh, is, is there any chance you will be wearing the turkey suit? Well, well no, I, I won't be in the match. Uh, I'll be uh, in the ring with the competitors as we get ready and, and, and have everyone take the oath um, so that whoever does get pinned or submitted, male or female, that they, uh, you know, they, they vow that they will wear the, the dreaded turkey suit. Nobody wants to put the turkey suit on, Ross. I can't blame anybody. That's humiliating. Can you imagine wanting to wear a turkey suit or having to wear a turkey suit? So, so that's Thursday, uh, big night Thursday. And then, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we get ready for uh, the new year and uh, homecoming, which is, uh, of course, takes place in Nashville on January 6th, Sunday, January 6th. And uh, VIP packages became available just yesterday, and we were thrilled to see the number of VIP packages that, that flew out the door. We had to add several additional VIP packages. Um, I can say this, and this is, there's no reason for me to lie about this because we want to get rid of these um, and, and have everyone enjoy homecoming and be at homecoming. There's only a couple left, um, and I don't know if we'll release more VIP packages after these go. So once these are gone, that might be it. Um, like literally like a couple um, are still left for, for homecoming. And uh, that just goes to show the, the efforts of not only the, the stars and knockouts of Impact, but everyone behind the scenes as well who kind of has a hand in these VIP packages, um, you know, from Ross to Ashley uh, to everyone else that's involved in these. And, and they're a lot of fun. And I think that, you know, we're at the point now where we can put the VIPs up for sale and people buy them knowing that, hey, I'm going to spend some money, but I know I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to get to interact with the stars and knockouts of Impact Wrestling, uh, unlike any other wrestling company in the world. Uh, you know, I'm going to get to bowl with these guys or play trivia with these guys, or I, I can go on and on about uh, how I feel about our VIP packages, and I think they're great. So um, if you're on the fence or if you're thinking about coming and, and you want to experience it uh, the best way possible, uh, I would go grab those VIP packages while they remain for homecoming in Nashville um, because uh, they won't last. And then, uh, let's see, what else? Black Friday. Uh, we're going to have a Black Friday sale uh, for Impact Las Vegas in February. We're there the 15th, 16th, and 17th, so that's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, in Vegas in February. And the Black Friday sale will be the kickoff for those tickets becoming available. That'll be the first day that you can get them, and why not save? and get your VIP packages for Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to put those up, I believe, at a 20% discount uh, for, for a Black Friday. And then Monday is Cyber Monday, and we're going to put our tickets on sale for Culture Clash, which is in April, um, with the big wrestling weekend taking place in April. We're going to be a part of that Thursday night um, with House of Glory, and uh, those tickets will be available Monday, uh, Cyber Monday, also at a, at a discounted rate and then they'll be available for, for a while um, until we sell out 
for New York City. So that's where we are with live events and tickets and things like that. Um, I believe, let's see, we know that we're going to be in Windsor in March for TV tapings. We know that we're going to be, uh, we got Cali Combat coming up on uh, the 30th. And then December 1st is back to Cali, so one not only in Twitch, so that kind of rounds out the year. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to everything coming up, everything that's happening uh, here in the States, and, and uh, looking forward to more things happening in the United Kingdom next year, and just, um, you know, lots of, lots of uh, uh, planning. And uh, the good thing is, unlike in years past, and this isn't saying anything about anybody, you know, that's been around Impact in the years past, but since we have more of a opportunity to get out in front of things. You know, we know where we're going to be in April. We know where we're going to be in February, that, that we can plan more, we can do more, we can uh, make these uh, more special as, as we get going and, and uh, have a lot of fun with you guys. We're, uh, Ross and I have been talking with uh, different people in Nashville and different events that we have planned. Um, Ross, are those final? Can we, can we say what we're doing in Nashville next month, or do we have to wait? No, it's, uh, it is final. We're doing it. Tickets, tickets have been booked? They have been booked. I have uh, flight information. So so Johnny Impact, the world champion, who uh, may or may not have joined us yet, if he hasn't, will uh, yes, yes, be on the here. Okay, great. Uh, Johnny is going to be in uh, Nashville on December 10th and 11th. Um, we're going to take him all over. Ross is going to take him all over. I'm going to be home. Um, and uh, we're going to do some stuff with ESPN Radio. Hoping to do some stuff with the Titans, hoping to do some stuff with the Predators, um, NBC Sports uh, there in Nashville. Um, the rumor has it that he may or may not be shooting the cold open for homecoming while he's there. So it's going to be a busy two days for the champion. But, uh, champ, you know how that it goes like that. Sometimes when you're the champion, you gotta, you're busy. Yeah, I think that, uh, that's exactly what happens when you're the champion. You, uh, you end up doing a lot of stuff. And Monday, uh, there's a famous bar in Nashville called Santa's, and uh, it's it's a famous dive bar, but uh, but it's known around the world. And, and Johnny will be there Monday for a meet and greet, and uh, maybe Ross will do some ticket giveaways, and and we'll have a, a lot of fun in Nashville on the 10th and 11th of December. So if you're anywhere near Nashville, come on out, hang out, and uh, Ross, I think that gets me up to date with all of our uh, obligations as they were. That's perfect. Um, yeah, let me go back for a quick second and ask about the turkey season, the Thanksgiving episode. Um, and just throw this out there. Do you think that wearing the turkey suit at the end of the episode helps or hurts people's careers? Because I've got this weird theory that there are a lot of people out there that have worn that turkey suit that make it almost a badge of honor, per se. What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, here's the thing, John. If you have to wear the dreaded turkey suit, sometimes we never see you again, ever, on Impact Wrestling. I mean, you just kind of go away. So I, I don't know if it's a good thing. Yeah, was it Chris Adonis who had to wear it last year? We haven't seen him since. Hey, Ross, will you wear the turkey suit? I'm not in the match. Well, maybe we can get the turkey suit on you and then... <laughs> Josh, you'll at least be in the ring, so maybe you can take the oath and... You know? Well, I'll be making sure that everyone else takes the oath. But it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Thanksgiving night has become a tradition. Um, you know, this match is, uh, you know, 10 participants. It's always fun. It's always a good time. And, and certainly looking forward to, to that on Thursday night. Ross, I think it's time to open up the, uh, the, the, the uh, what do you, you don't have a switchboard, but maybe your switchboard on your phone 
get some questions for the world champion. I'm going to lay out for a while. Well, it's, it's actually the computer, but I'm actually going to touch one thing on, on the VIP packages. Josh, you and I were talking in Las Vegas about some of, some of my favorite moments of the VIP packages. And as long as we got Johnny on the phone, I'll, I'll say it to Johnny and maybe Taya is listening. One of my favorite moments was watching Taya play miniature golf. She came, as, as Johnny would probably imagine, she came dressed like a million dollars, but she golfs about a buck fifty. She's not listening, but I'm definitely going to tell her you said that wrong. Oh, terrific. But I, I, I think it was, it was pretty funny. She had a great time. Johnny, I think you could probably uh, beat her uh, without much effort in a uh, miniature golf game. Well, I guess you could say maybe a miniature golf is more of an American game. She could probably uh, take miniature time out of hockey. There you go. <laughs> well, media, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll open up for media questions at this point. Star 6 to get in queue. Uh, please identify yourself and your media outlet. Uh, Johnny will be certainly talking about the world championship and homecoming, and unfortunately we'll be addressing last Wednesday right on Survivor. Uh, he heard those dreaded words from uh, Jeff Probst of uh, Elimination, Johnny. That's, uh, yeah, that's the Jeff Probst catchphrase. John, the tribe has spoken. Um, let me, uh, let's listen to some questions first, and then I've got answers for anybody that's got questions about any of those things. Q&A session has started. To ask your question, please press star six. Hey, what's up, players? Teddy Long. Hey, for all your pro wrestling news, all you've got to do is go to gurig.net. That's right. For all your pro wrestling news, go to gurig.net. And they have been number one since 1997. Now, that's a long time, players. That means it's a lot of credibility. Holla. Hi, this is Ian Carey from SE Scoops. Uh... Johnny, last week you rejected Killer Cross's offer to watch your back, uh, but that was before you learned that Brian Cage would be cashing in option C. And I'm wondering if after you found out you may have to face the machine at homecoming, did you give Cross's offer any second thoughts? Man, uh, absolutely not. Brian Cage no joke, and uh, him cashing in option C to me just says that he wants the Impact World Championship more than anything. He gave up his title for a shot at me at homecoming. But, I mean, honestly, would you rather have a sociopath um, anywhere near you or backstage out of the match completely? Because Killer Cross is uh, undeniably a force to be reckoned with, intimidating, and um, a, the talented uh, wrestler in the ring. But, I feel like he's got a few screws loose. Now, I don't know exactly what he's getting at offering his services to me. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want him anywhere near me. Like I said on last week's impact, near my wife or my dog, because I don't understand what his motivation is. And for all I know, he could be trying to garner my trust just so he can kick me in the back of the head again. I would uh, rather deal with the devil I know the machine, Brian Cage, then the devil I don't understand, and that's Killer Cross. Are you worried that Cross might be insulted at all, that you rejected his offer and, and come at you anyway? Yeah, yeah, I'm not a, ain't my first rodeo, of course, 
But again, I mean, that's just you don't invite a vampire into your house, you know what I mean? Because you know eventually they're going to try to bite you in the back of the neck. Killer Frost, I, I know that he is an ambitious man. He didn't come to Impact Wrestling to be a henchman or to, to help me out of the kindness of his heart. I, that's, that's not him. So exactly when he would strike and what he wants, I don't know. But I ain't got time for that. Oh, yeah, that's great. Thanks very much, Johnny. Hi, champ. It's Lee Man from Live Radio over here in Scotland. Thanks for taking the time. It's just a very quick one. Also, now you're a a married man. How does it feel when you actually see uh, Taya in the ring now? Does it it feel any different to watching her now when she's your wife as opposed to it did previously before you got married? Um, Well, first of all, let me just preface this by saying... um, I was like a minute or two late for this for this call-in because uh, Kai and I did our final walkthrough just uh, just finished it about 15 minutes ago on our uh, house our first house that we're buying together. We're calling it Wow um, to uh, address the question that you're asking. Um, yeah, I guess before that we before we were married, I figured if she got like messed up, I could just walk away. But now that we promise each other <laughs> to be together forever. Uh, it, you know, one of the uh, coolest things to me about marrying her is uh, it doesn't feel like the relationship has changed or our feelings have really changed towards one another since being married, aside from the fact that I, I feel a lot closer to her. And um, she's echoed those sentiments when we talked about how I, we felt before and after the wedding. Um, when I see her in the ring, I mostly just feel proud because I know how hard she's worked and what she does in there and of course um yeah i'm always worried is it difficult to to leave the the work talk at work i mean do you I, how much are conscious decisions you have to make to have a non-wrestling couple time away from away from the business um that is tricky but just fyi almost every wrestler in the business takes work home with them somewhat and I think that's one of the unique things about uh, being involved in the business of professional wrestling it's uh, you work so hard for so long and it requires so much training and um, tape study and thought outside of the ring as well as inside of the ring that uh, if you don't take it home with you um, it's hard to stay competitive so plus is we uh talk wrestling and training and uh, technique and ideas outside the ring at home quite a bit. And um, yeah, you're right. It is sometimes tough to separate. Could we expect to see some sort of behind-the-scenes impact uh, type of reality show on on the Global Wrestling Network anytime soon? That's not a bad idea. I don't know. I mean, we are uh, about to move into Slamtown Manor. You know, anything is possible with the with Impact Wrestling and Anthem and uh, everybody behind the scenes, it uh, would be an interesting show. Mm. Thanks very much. Hello. Yeah, I'm trying to open up a phone line here. Uh, hi, hi, Johnny. It's Rod Gary with Wrestling Inc. How are you? Hey, uh, great. How are you? 
I'm doing good, and congratulations on you and Taya buying a house together. Um, you both got big matches coming up at homecoming. What would you like to see Taya do differently in her rematch against Tessa Blanchard? I would say win. <laughs> really, it's, uh, it, it feels like I'm being legit when I say that because the things that she's done the last uh, two matches she's had with Tessa, I feel like have worked. Um, she's she's always aggressive. She's always confident. She's always creative and um, really good at thinking of ways to counter Tessa's, Tessa's moves. Um, I, I think, uh, especially the last time, Tessa found a way to not give up the Knockouts Championship, and uh, it was a little bit of a fluke, um, the, the way everything happened, and a little bit of a cheap move on the, the third-generation superstars' part. So I, I think uh, those kind of antics only take you so far, and if Kaya keeps doing what she's been doing this whole time, she's going to walk out of homecoming as champion. And in regards to your match with Brian Cage, uh, he had stated in the past that he would not cash in the option C and exchange his exhibition title for a chance at your, your world title. Uh, were you surprised that he did that? No, because uh, there was uh, there was no catering backstage in Las Vegas, and you know how Cage is. He gets grumpy sometimes when there's no food, and I figured something was going to happen that day. It just turned out that... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He does get grumpy when there's no food, especially when there's no treatments. But um, I, I think uh, when Brian Cage said that, he was speaking to the fact that he was so proud of being the exhibition champion, which is a staple of Impact Wrestling and has been for a long time, that uh, he didn't ever see being exhibition champion as a, as a lesser belt or anything less than being the Impact World Championship. But after he uh, successfully defended it, he, I think, realized he wanted a shot at me at my title because I'm someone and the Impact World Championship is an achievement. Both those things that he has not yet faced or achieved at Impact. And he's pretty much gotten everything else at Impact that he's set his sights on. Great. Well, thank you. Johnny, we certainly have gotten a lot of questions, so we have to... Uh without mentioning any names, we'll just say what happened in Survivor. Okay. Everybody listening who saw um, the episode of Survivor last week was uh, called by me the hashtag Brochacho Blindside. By that I was referring to um, our group Brochachos, myself the mayor of Slamtown, Comptroller, Christian Ubiki, and uh, Police Chief of Slamtown, Daniel Rendering. <laughs> we, uh, the three of us, uh, came pretty tight on a, on the Green Tribe after the Tribe Swap. And, uh, when we merged, all the Goliaths decided that we thought it would make sense to try to get rid of Christian because, uh, he's a smart dude. He's doing well physically. And, um, he's a strategist. He's a fan of the game. So our plan was to blindside Christian and get him out, which, uh, I was a little mixed about because I really dug Christian and liked hanging out with him. But the game of Survivor isn't uh, friend business. <laughs> it's uh, show business. You're playing the game to win. So we, uh, we all decided to vote out Christian. But someone on our side, Alec, 
didn't want to uh, blindside Nick for some reason, so he told Nick what the Goliaths were planning, and then Nick told Davey, and Davey told all the other Davids, who decided to then split the vote, and uh, split the vote on their side between myself and Angelina. When we got to tribal council, Davey played an idol that protected Christian from being voted out. Dan played an idol to protect Angelina from being voted out, and uh, the split vote went to me, which meant that uh, even though I had a minority vote, um, my torch was snuffed in my game of Survivors, for season 37 at least, is over. And, um, you know, it's kind of a bummer. But uh, on the plus side, Survivor is an experience that really felt life-changing to me and um, was something completely different than almost anything else I've done in my life. And it was a it was a lot of fun. It was fun watching it back on TV. And it was fun interacting with all those different types of people in a in a situation where you're really uncomfortable. You're cold and hungry and broken down. And I feel like it makes everyone a little emotionally raw, but also honest. And um, so for me, no regrets. Uh, of course, I regret not winning. <laughs> I wish I was still in. But that's uh, what happened last week, and uh, sooner or later, when you play Survivor, almost everybody either gets blindsided, voted out, or uh, ends up winning a million bucks. So we'll take a quick question here from Troy Vander along the lines of Survivor. He wanted to know, what was the grossest thing that happened to you while shooting Survivor? The grossest thing that happened to me? Uh, You know, I kind of uh, escaped without eating a lot of really gross things. There's like snails that we, we ate on the beach, um, those little hermit crabs, we boiled them up and ate them on the beach. But they didn't, that's super gross. I guess eating sea slugs is probably like the grossest thing that I ate. Um, they're super gross. You have to eat the skin and kind of fry it, but even the skin tasted so bad that we were all starving and no one really ate it. Um, like the grossest thing is just the idea of being uncomfortable, dirty, cold, wet, and hungry. It's not necessarily like a the kind of thing that just makes you like disgusted type gross, but the feeling you get of being really dirty and cold is more of like a a longer a longer period of feeling gross than like one specific experience. Alrighty. Hey Johnny, hope you're doing well. Uh, this is Riju from Sportskira in India. First off, Ross, do you have an update about India? I have no update and Josh is not around so he has no update. I will text him and give, get you an answer within a minute. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, Johnny, uh, so you have wrestled uh, at the highest level for promotions all around the world. What does being the Impact World Heavyweight Champion mean to you? When you're a champion of anything, it means you're the, the guy. Um, you're the one pulling the wagon, so to speak, to that promotion. You're the brand ambassador. You're representing Impact. And I feel like right now I'm representing Impact. I'm the, I'm the guy standing on top of the Impact Mountain, so to speak. And it's an incredible honor, especially with how talented the current roster is and the positive momentum that Impact has created 
and sustained, in my opinion, since Slammiversary. I feel like we at Impact are really turning around the perception of Impact Wrestling and to be the guy leading the charge, standing in front of everyone um, while that change is happening is a huge honor. Okay, uh, quick follow-up. Uh, you recently took on Phoenix and Matt Sidan in incredible matches. What did, uh, what did you think of both opponents? Anytime you have an incredible match, it's because there are two incredible opponents, pro-wrestlers in the ring. And, um, I mean, I've, I've said it on the record about both Phoenix and Matt Sidel that I believe that both those guys are among the most talented wrestlers in the world. At any given time, I could see either one of those guys becoming a world champion and representing Impact. Um, I'm glad at the end of uh, the match that I had with Phoenix and the match that I had with Matt Seidel that uh, that wasn't the case, that it was me to continue to represent Impact. But having a great match with somebody involves uh, both participants. Thank you, Dylan. When you talk about Phoenix and Matt Seidel, their styles are certainly a lot more in line with your style. Talk about Brian Cage, who certainly has uh, arguably one of the, the most powerful guys you've ever stepped in the ring with. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, tough to, uh, it's tough to analyze someone like Brian Cage. I mean, you could make the analogy, uh, Brian Cage is like an army tank where I'm like a fighter jet. Um, make the analogy that it's a, a Mack truck about to go head-to-head with a, a Ferrari. You could make all kinds of analogies, but, but really, um, Ronnie Cage calls himself a machine because that's how he lives his life. He eats every 2.3 hours. He has his meal prep with him all the time. He trains twice a day. He studies tapes. He tries new wrestling moves all the time to add to his arsenal. And there's things that I've seen him do that a man of his size has no business doing that um, I, I can't believe that I, that he can do at uh, his, uh, his mass. So what I think a lot of it comes down to is there's a lot of things that um, and I'm, I'm, I'm being a little modest right now. I don't want to necessarily <laughs> brag, but experience is going to come into play a lot at homecoming. When it comes to wrestling someone like Brian, the idea that you're going to have to call audibles and immediately change your plan of attack based on what's happening in real time is the thing that I'm better at than Brian Cage. He can bench press more than me, but I can think faster than him. I've been doing this longer than him. I've wrestled everyone all over the world from from guys like Rey Mysterio The Undertaker to Eli Drake to Eddie Edwards to The Big Show to The Undertaker anybody and um, I've wrestled guys faster than Brian bigger than Brian and stronger than Brian and I don't know if I've ever wrestled anyone with his unique combination of speed and power and creativity but I'm planning on figuring him out in the ring before he figures me out. So eating every 2.3 hours, what is a point three? How, how many minutes is that? A point three is 
but 30% of an hour. So, uh, oh, okay. 30 minutes. I just know if he doesn't eat every 2.3 hours, he gets slumpy. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, I've been on flights with him before. We land, and he's got his meal prep, and he's like running up to like one of those uh, those restaurants at the like an airport restaurant, and um, he's trying to like hurriedly explain to uh, someone at Chick Fil A that he wants them to put his meal prep in the microwave <laughs> so he can eat it immediately. And um, they don't really uh, understand what he's talking about. They're probably a little intimidated because they've got this big meathead yelling at them to take the, the couple of chicken, chicken breast thing out of the microwave and, and zap his uh, zucchini squash and filet meal <laughs> prep. <laughs> but uh, it works for him, you know? That's, uh, that type of discipline is, uh, is impressive. Hi Johnny, it's uh, Lee again. It was just a, a quick one. I mean, you are absolutely incredible. Some of the stuff that you can can do in and outside the ring. You have been since since day one, especially the way you use your parkour skills. Now, with the new year rapidly approaching, as somebody that's thinking about getting into shape, how easy is it to to get into parkour uh, in, in advancing years? Um. So specifically. You're asking me, how could someone get into parkour? Yeah, how easy is it for uh, an, an older gentleman, mid-30s, to, to take parkour for, for, for a beginner? Um, my recommendation for that would be start with a functional training regimen. Um, I, I have a program called Addy Mind Fitness that uh, I think it's still for sale on addymindfitness.com. Um, my default is to recommend that because of the principles of functional training. So you get your old school bodybuilding, which is uh, doing a lot of like uh, heavy weights, a lot of like uh, low rep sets, bulking up. That's old school bodybuilding. And um, you got CrossFit, for example, which a lot of people like. But in my opinion, sometimes it's like doing a big workout, if you will. Everyone does the same workout regardless of skill level. To get into something, you need to have a specific program and an approach that start to strengthen your body and learn movements so that you have the basics mastered and you can progress onto more difficult and complicated movements. You don't want to just go to a parkour gym. You definitely don't want to just go outside and try to slip off of the house. Um, especially if you're, if you're in your mid-30s, trust me, like um, you can build your functional strength and your training your movement patterns, your balance, stability, and coordination, and do parkour. You just have to be intelligent about how you begin. Okay. Cheers, mate. What was that website again? Outofyourmindfitness.com. Cracking. Cheers, Tom. DM, uh, follow me on Twitter and send me a thing, and I'll, uh, um, I'll DM you about it. That's great. Cheers, Johnny. Hey, Ryan Bowman from TheGorillaPosition.com. Johnny, Brian Cage is a West Coast guy just like you are. You talked about how well you know him. In your opinion, what type of personal traits do the two of you have in common? Um, both of us share that uh, undeniable work ethic. Um, it's, I've, I've said this a couple times. If I'm, uh, if I'm OCD about anything, it's training. 
and um, certainly you can say the same thing about Brian. Um, really, anybody that's successful in the business of professional wrestling has that trait because it's so competitive to, to get ahead in this business. Um, outside of that, I've always had this uh, confidence and this belief in myself that has never waned even when other people have second-guessed me and told me they don't think something is going to work out for me. Brian, same thing. You know, he had a, he had a run at FCW, and uh, he was signed for a while at WWE. That didn't work, and um, he got let go. And I tell you something, like 90% of the people in his situation, when that happened to them, they got bitter, they quit, and they left the business, and he did the exact opposite. He doubled down on his training. He started trying everything with exponentially more effort, and it's resulted in what you see now, a legitimate machine, a guy that is capable of doing, like I said before, things that he has no business being able to do, and um, one of the guys that I respect the most in the business. Thank you. For all of your pro wrestling news, check out goek.net, your number one source for wrestling news since 1997. Johnny, we're going to take a question from Laura B., who would like to know, very simple, how did you and Ty first meet? Man, um, we met, this is this is a while back, I believe it was a show run by Hugo Stegdonovic in uh, Monterey, and um, both of us were um, in relationships at the time, and so we just kind of had like a brief conversation and uh, about training and went to the gym, not even together, we just kind of went to the gym with a group of people one day, and um, I remember leaving thinking like, man, Ty is super cool, and uh, I didn't even know if she felt the same way until years later when uh, I found out she did. Hello, this is Carlos from ED Pro Wrestling, EDPW.com. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Um, so I do have a question related to um, your Impact career. So I know that with you signing with Impact Wrestling, do you see yourself staying with the company within like the next two to three years? Yeah, if I, if everything that I'm visualizing happens, um, I see Impact growing and um, viewership expanding, myself staying, the current roster staying, and impact viewers and ratings doubling, tripling, multiplying. And um, in that case, it would make sense for everybody to stay. Maybe even maybe even partnering, maybe even seeing more cross-promotional stuff with Impact and Ring Honor and New Japan and NOAA. Um, but the landscape right now of pro wrestling outside WWE is so interesting because there's so many possibilities and this idea of independent wrestlers being in charge of their own brand. I mean, I'm Johnny Impact at Impact, but um, next week I'm flying to Taiwan and I'm, uh, I'm wrestling in Taiwan as Johnny Impact. Really no affiliation with Impact Wrestling. That concept, though, I think is, is the future of professional wrestling and me being plugged into Impact is a big part of my future plan. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just want to add like a side note. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview you last Sunday in person at the uh, Las Vegas tapings. And I do want to add a side note that your name definitely has a lot of value to 
Survivor Impact. I posted the uh, video, got a lot of hits, even on Reddit, over 2,000 likes uh, with that post pertaining to your interview with me. So for anyone that denies that Impact Wrestling is not in an upswing, that's proof enough that uh, within like a couple of days, I got thousands of hits. Man, I appreciate you saying that. Do, uh, did you tag me in it? If you, uh, if you didn't. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll definitely tag you in it, and um, I would like you to see the video again. Uh, thank you very much, and to Ross Foreman. Appreciate the, uh, the connection. Great talking to you then. Great talking to you, you now, too. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thanks, Carlos. Look forward to seeing you in Nashville. Of course. Yeah, I'll be there. Hey, guys. It's Mike Johnson from PW Insider. How are you? Doing great. I just want to say I would like to see Ross in the turkey suit, so let's get that on the record. You and okay, me well, that's your only question. Should we move on to the next one there, Mike? No, I've got two questions. Uh, one wrestling and one uh, survivor. Uh, John, on the Jericho cruise, you and Jay Lethal intimated uh, about a champion versus champion match. Has there been any movement made on that, or is it still kind of floating out there waiting for things to kind of come together? It's still kind of floating out there, but uh, when people like you ask about it, I think that's the best way for it to happen. So um, I believe the reason that we did that is because both of us would like the chance a match like that to happen. I'm talking about myself and Jay, and um, I believe that there's a lot of people with both of our companies behind the scenes that would also like to see a collaboration. So, um, yeah, if uh, you guys would also like that, throw it out there. Tell Jay that um, myself for the Impact Zone would uh, love to take him to Slam Town, and I'm, I'm sure uh, whatever his equivalent of Slam Town is, him and the Ring of Honor peeps would uh, love to see him take me there too. All right. Now, on Survivor, you were talking about what it was like going through that experience. Being a professional athlete, how much more did that prepare you for it, for the the sort of run that you had to go through on the series? There was uh, there's pros and cons. Um, the, <laughs> the biggest disadvantage I think I had was uh, I left I left for Survivor about 36 hours after. Um, we finished filming season four of Lucha Underground, so I was in uh, I was in really great pro wrestling shape, low body fat, like a, like a, you know functional stuff, performance wise great, but also like pro wrestling has a lot of aesthetic built into your training. Um, when I got out there, the uh, the change from me having my like five, six, seven thousand calories a day and uh, and training for a couple hours a day plus wrestling going from that to eating uh, two to three hundred calories a day of rice or whatever we could find um, really took a lot out of me the first first week or two and um, like my body was eating itself and they didn't they didn't show this uh, on camera but there was a couple days where uh, every every time I stood up I would, I would kind of keel over I just, just pass out like uh, my body had nothing uh, no fuel and um, I kind of got over that and got back into the hump. And um, the the real benefit that I feel like I got from pro wrestling and being tra- like training like a professional athlete was I never ever once felt like quitting. It was it was difficult. Um, it was like you're hungry, you're cold, um, you're you're isolated, you're emotionally drained from being on all the time. 
but I never ever felt like uh, it was too much or it was something that I hadn't experienced before to some degree in the world of professional wrestling and um, the competitive part of me just in the back of my head always knew that there's no way that I'm going to quit this game or be too hungry or be too cold before one of these other people feel that way because they haven't gone through what I've gone through. Uh, one last thing on Survivor. Uh, while you were in the middle of the show airing, I had, we had done an interview and I'd asked you thoughts on your memories of the experience versus the edited product. And you were kind of handcuffed in what you could talk about because of the NDA, obviously. I'm curious, now that you've gone through the entire run of the show and your elimination is aired, how different is your memory of what you went through versus how it was perceived and presented on the series? I actually have to give a lot of props to Survivor because I felt like uh, what you see on TV is authentic. It was authentic to compared to what I experienced out there. And there's a, a lot of stuff that uh, that I wish they'd shown on TV, but um, they're also dealing with the reality of condensing like sometimes over a thousand hours of footage into a 42-minute TV episode. But there's there's tons of confessionals and who were climbing trees to, to try to saw down these like little fruits we found uh, that you could that you could chew on. You know, I like spearfishing. Me and me and Dan spearfishing. I, I shot a puffer fish one time. Um, the both like freaked out because we couldn't figure out how to get it off the spear. Um, like staying up all night and talking to Gabby and Christian on Tribe Kiva. And, but all that stuff, I understand why they included in the show because. Each show's got this central narrative, and you have to build around that central narrative to support the uh, the story that you're telling of the episode. And what I do think they did a, a good job of is including only the essential story bits. And for me, at least, and um, I can't speak for anyone else, so just just for me, I felt like they uh, they made me they portrayed me on TV in a similar way to how I felt out there and to how I felt I was perceived out there, which I guess is good because uh, it means they have self-aware. I feel like I had a good sense of what other people thought of me, and I'm watching it back. I felt like I was pretty authentic. Would you want to do the series again if it was offered to you? Oh, man, that'd be a... My immediate uh, response to that is yes, absolutely. But um, the, uh, the real question is, um, time-wise, like how how to fit it into the schedule. I mean, this uh, season 37 just worked out. Like, I mean, it didn't even work out amazingly. I had to force it to fit in the schedule. But 36 hours after season four of Lucha Raps and Fuda Fiji, um, Impact Wrestling was was nice enough to uh, rearrange a lot of the taping schedule to accommodate Survivor because they knew that I really wanted to do the show um, and cheer us especially was uh, nice enough to understand that um, doing survival was really important to me, and um, she was okay with me going, even though uh, our wedding was planned, and um, we, we got married about 10 days after I returned from Survivor. So um, finding another window like that to fit in a, an eight-week adventure, for me, is, is tough with, with my schedule, but um, experience-wise, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like a... Especially when you watch it back, you get nostalgic, you think of all the things that 
could do different. And if I did it again, I would. Uh, I know I would play a much more strategic game. All right. Thanks so much for the time. And Ross, gobble gobble. And Mike, I think I, I, I can speak, and Johnny hopefully won't back me up. I would rock that turkey suit. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Have a good day, guys. You do. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Rijo from Sportkira again. Uh, I'm just curious about your thoughts on this journey. Ali's been part of a very Lucha Underground-esque uh, story with Sue Young right now. Have you been following the story and what's your take on Impact going down the Lucha Underground style of storytelling way? Uh, could, could, you, uh, could you repeat the first part of that? Yeah, so there's a story happening with Ali entering the undead realm right now that uh, has many aspects of Lucha Underground right now. Uh, have you been following the story and uh, what is your take on Impact going the whole Lucha Underground way? Um, I have uh, always been a big fan of Ali, and um, I think it's pretty cool to see her go darker because, I mean, behind the scenes um, and on screen, like she's so bubbly and so full of positive energy that this uh, this dark alley is uh, really interesting to me. And um, as, as far as like following the, uh, the Lucha Underground idea of involving like a supernatural darkness. Um, that's really cool for me to see, but it's it's also something that Impact has, has done for quite a while with, with Rosemary and uh, several uh, several other characters that are escaping my mind right now. I I'm a fan of that stuff. I like wrestling that uh, has the courage to really push the limits. And I mean, even with like the Undertaker being undead, the Brothers of Destruction, the elements of Supernatural have been something that have been plugged into professional wrestling for uh, years and years and years, and um, I I think it's cool. It's, it's one thing about professional wrestling that attracted me to it as a kid, and it's cool to see it now happening with Ali on Impact. Fantastic. Uh, is there anyone on Lucha Underground right now who you think would be ideal for Impact Wrestling? Oh, Lucha Underground that would be ideal for Impact. Well, I mean, a lot of the uh, a lot of the guys. Are, um, you know, there's a, there's one. Uh, are you familiar with Daga? Yes, absolutely. Daga, in my opinion, is one of the most uh, underrated wrestlers in the world. He's ridiculously talented. He's part of the same group with uh, Taya and uh, Pentagon and Joe Leader, Perez Mal and Pero uh, Aguayo in Mexico, and um, he's uh, he's doing his thing in Mexico, he's in Japan right now, and um, he, a lot of people don't know this, um, had a really badly sprained ankle for almost the duration of season four of Lucha Underground, worked around it, no one really even noticed. Um, he's someone that I feel like has a lot to offer uh, at Impact Wrestling. Let me throw out two other names too. Um, the World of Underground, for example, PJ Black, Jack Evans, two of the most talented guys in the world, also a like PJ is one of my best friends in the world too. Um, I would love to see him uh, end up at Impact. I know that there's a couple other major promotions that are uh, trying to sign PJ currently. And um, Luchasaurus, Vibora uh, from Lucha Underground, same with him. He's a really good friend of mine, and I, I know that there's another couple of promotions that are also trying to sign him. Thank you very much. 
Hey, Ryan Bowman from TheGorillaPosition.com again. Uh, just a couple quick things. The asylum is so much an important part of the company's history. Uh, what will it mean for you to step into the place where essentially Impact was born, representing you, it as its champion? And then this one for you and Ross Bow. What's you guys' favorite side dish to have on Thanksgiving? Oh, man. Hey, let's do the side dishes first, Ross. You, you go. Now, does, uh, does pumpkin pie qualify as a side dish? I'd say that qualifies. Badass. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going with? I like pumpkin pie too. I think I might have said the same thing. Uh, but you know what? Like, uh, it's tough to say it's a side because, like, like stuffing is the kind of thing where like, I make this like uh, my Thanksgiving cocktail where I always try to combine the perfect amount of stuffing, cranberry, and turkey in one in one bite to get that Thanksgiving taste. That's uh, that's usually what I look forward to and how I define Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> so it's not one, but like stuffing and cranberry probably is my two. Um, with regard to uh, going back to Nashville and um, the asylum, the building, and the roots of where Impact came from, man, like, yeah, absolutely. Walking into that building as Impact World Champion feels like an honor. Also, the idea that the main event of Homecoming is going to be me versus Brian Cage because he's exercising option C, which option C to me is a uniquely impact wrestling made, made concept. It's an original impact wrestling concept. So that original concept, the roots of impact wrestling, and um, going back to Nashville for impact wrestling, and Nashville, in my opinion, across the board, is one of the greatest wrestling cities in the country. So, um, I mean, I could, I could talk circles around that question for a long time, but, but really the answer is it's an honor. Okay, thanks, you guys. Have a great holiday. You too. Hey, Ryan, before you run off, what's your favorite side dish for uh, Thanksgiving? Yeah. yeah, now you're on the hot spot. I'm, I'm going to go mashed potatoes, but you have to have the yellow turkey gravy on it, not brown gravy. That's a family tradition here in Southern Illinois, okay. so we're going with that. Fair enough. Take care, guys. All right. Hey, Johnny, it's James from Wrestling Epicenter. How are you doing today? Doing great. All right, so when I spoke to you a few times ago, you mentioned that your Impact theme song, you were trying to write lyrics for the song. Have that advanced any? And conversely, we saw at Bound for Glory LAX have their own band, if you, as it were, play them to the ring. If you could have one band play your theme song to the ring, who would it be? Man, that's a, that's a tough question. Um... Uh, or uh, for the band, I guess, to play uh, the impact music. Maybe Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and uh, and for the lyrics, like um, he's got like like uh, maybe if he sang in the manner that he sings "Born in the USA," but uh, my impact theme music has like a faster beat to it. This is Springsteen song called The Tides of Fine, that the cadence and passion of that song, I think, match my impact music a little more closely, but um, the lyrics, obviously, would have to be different. Um, something about playing with fire, of like, um, sitting on top of the mountain, I would like, I don't know, if, uh, if you think of anything after this phone call, um, jot it down and send me a tweet, as far as, uh, maybe that was, that was a twofer, both answers in one. You got it. I appreciate it. Thank you. 
Happy Thanksgiving. You too. Hi guys, this is Joel Torres from Contralona. Um, John, now that you're enjoying your married life with Taya, and both of you having different experiences in the business, are there any elements that you have learned in the business that maybe Taya didn't know and you have shared with her and vice versa, you know, like in skills, lifestyle, business deals? Um, absolutely, yes. I, I feel like, um, I mean, Taya started training with Lance Storm and then um, the, the bulk still to the day of her wrestling career was spent in Mexico City. She was there for over five years. Uh, training with AAA and learning a lot about Lucha Libre and um, the like the, the psychology of Lucha was something that I overlooked and um, didn't really fully understand I don't think until I spent so much time with her and I'd been to Mexico and wrestled um, Rey Mysterio, the Mexicals, Phoenix, Pentagon, uh, <laughs> everybody on that, on that roster, Psycho Clown. Um, Tano Fantasma, so many talented people, but um, the elongated conversations that I had with Taya about Lucha and what it means to the people that have grew up with that uh, type of wrestling and um, how they trained really hit home based on talking to her. And as far as um, her for me, I, I think if you asked her that question, she, she would say the opposite. Um, The, the reasons that I really enjoy American psychology um, and we butt heads on that topic sometimes I feel like I convinced her uh, not that one is better than the other but convinced her as to why uh, for example uh, why I prefer a tag match with American psychology over a tag match with uh, traditional like, um, Mexican neutral psychology I'm not saying that one right. or together. Just saying both understand where each other is coming from now. All right, excellent. Thank you for your time and happy holidays. Thank you. Well, Johnny, that's uh, about an hour of your time. We appreciate it very much. Uh, we'll give you the floor here for a final thought, maybe something heading into homecoming, maybe even a Thanksgiving tradition from you. Wow. Uh, like I said on the call, I can't... Uh, articulating words what an honor it is for me to walk into homecoming in Nashville as the Lucha, as the, uh, the Impact World Champion. Um, I've said this a couple of times to uh, Brian Cage, um, to people backstage, but um, somebody could probably uh, jot this down and let, if someone could jot this down and let Brian Cage know that when I get to Nashville, I'm planning on turning Brian Cage's face into Smashville because I'm going to kick his ass Bill. And when I'm done taking him to Thrashville, I'm going to put all that Impact Cash Bill in my pockets and take the Impact World Championship back home with me while he is going to be at the Slamtown Breakfast Buffet listening to probably a country song, which is another thing Nashville is known for. And it's going to be nice because country songs often deal with uh, themes of lost and sadness and not getting what you want. So it's going to be a really great place for Brian to come close to achieving his ultimate goal, but not quite. If you want to hear any more about me, what I'm up to, follow me on Twitter at The Real Morrison, on Instagram at John Hennigan. My Facebook page is John Morrison. Um, 
send me the stuff on the socials, what you think about this interview, what you think about me, what you had for Thanksgiving dinner. I'm dying to know. Um, I'm happy to be where I'm at right now. And uh, I sum everything up, believe that this business of professional wrestling is what we make it. And when I say we, I mean the roster of wrestlers on Impact Wrestling combined with all the rosters of all the companies in the world and the fans of wrestling and the like the critics and the wrestlers, all the the, uh, the writers that write about wrestling. It, it, this crazy amorphous thing that is shaped by all of us who are involved in this business. And I um, couldn't be happier to be where I'm at. Perfect, John. I hope you and Taya have a amazing Thanksgiving, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Media, we'll talk to you guys next week with another Press Pass podcast, and uh, have a good Thanksgiving.